let me try my voice. <laughs> oh, I'll see you in the rapture. Oh, I'll see you in the rapture. So I'll see you on the meeting in the end. There with my blessed Savior, so we'll sing and shout forever. And I'll see you in the rapture some sweet day. again on this earth my precious friend and if to God we have been true and believed about all things then for us there'll be a greeting for there's going to be a meeting so I'll see
Nawasa chikerezi, nawasa chikerezi. Yeah, around almost 40 years. Kumpinga ndiwa miaka makumi ana. So my companion was a guitar, so. Katiki guitar yalimu kwa ano kwa anginoru yi mboru. Yeah, I had no time for these other peer influences. Sai na nyobude wa kwe tabula tabula nabavubuka webitio. Because my closest friend was a guitar and a song. Kubanga mkwano kwa angasingo kuboku mpi yali guitar. So I urge young people. Get up, be a friend of Jesus. See. Imba. And feel good. And you don't have problems. Ah, praise God. I know you people have had very good uh, preachers here. You are a well taught. And I'm not going to do a lot of teaching. But I want to give you something small just to give you the appetite. And like I told somebody, I said here on Friday, I'm not too much of a preacher. In my life, has been, I've been a teacher. Although I've retired. Yeah. And uh, I tend to lean towards teaching. Yeah, for 35 years, I was a teacher. So my ministry tends to lean towards teaching. And the way we approach our things. Uh, because uh, I know God used Moses. And Moses looked after sheep for 40 years. So when he went to the ministry. He handled the ministry as if he was hiding sheep. And some brethren were a bit disappointed with him. And they said, Moses, we are not sheep. God also speaks to us. And, uh, and Moses said, does he? Let us know whether he does or not. So he gave them a test to see whether God actually speaks to them. He told them, now can you make some sense and, and, and burn some sense before God? From there we shall see whether God speaks to you or not. Now, uh, 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 burning sensor had one mystery. That only those one to whom it is revealed knew. That the fire comes from the altar that lights the sensor. The supernatural fire. The one that burns the sensor. They didn't know. and friends didn't know The fire that burns the sensor for God. Is the supernatural fire. 
But the natural fire is used in idol worship. So when you take the natural fire and burn the sansa, you do that worshiping the devil. So now these brethren took the center and went to the kitchen and lit the center and went tried to go before God worshipping the devil. God judged them not because they were bad people but they had, they had brought strange fire. <laughs> So Moses said, you see, God has not spoken to you. Yeah, so there we are. <laughs> Praise be to God. So we shall just uh, learn something small, which I believe you know already. And I'm just speaking in, in another way. So we shall stand and read the book of uh, <coughs> Joshua chapter 15 for a little text. Uh, from verse, uh, verse 13. Chapter 15. Chapter 15, 13, 14. <coughs> and before we do, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so privileged this morning. God, if there is anything we can do, it's a chance to worship you. Because, Lord, worship is what we do now, and we shall do it in eternity. So, Lord, when we are worshiping you, we have joined eternity. It is a privilege that you have given the children of God. And in their worship, we want to hear your word. As we read the scriptures, may you bless it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 13. <clears throat> and to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which is, a, which is with which city is Hebron. Ne Kalebu omwana wa Yefune, namu omugabo mubana ba yuda, ngamu kama boyalagira Yoshua, yekari ya swaruba, Aruba oyo yalichitawa anachi yekaburoni. And Caleb drove tents, the three sons of Anak, Sheshai, Ami, Ahiaman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Caleb nagobamu abana abasatu aba anachi, Sesai, ne akimani, ne talumai, abana ba anaki. May the Lord add blessing the reading of his word. Please let us be seated. Now, since I'm home, you will not feel offended if I take my coat off. Will you? Have you given me permission? 
Mumpadoru kusa. Now we uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about something called preparing to meet the giants. Yes, we must be prepared to meet the giants. I'm a bit slow preacher. And uh, so please listen to me carefully. If you want to dose a little bit, it's okay. But uh, I believe I will not take a long time. In one and a half hours, I'll be through. Now, that is a, that, that is a problem we, we have as, as, as believers. We need to have a target. As a church, we need to have a target. What do we want to achieve? You know, if you know where you are going, you can know how to run. And you will know whether you have arrived or not. So we must know where we are going. Now, Ultimately, we want to go to the rapture. But while we are on earth, that is what God wanted us to be. Are we there? And we know where we are supposed to be. It's in the land called the land of Canaan. The promised land. That promised land is, uh, is, is the Holy Ghost. I'm very happy when I hear a sister has received the Holy Ghost. That's where we want to be. And not only to feel being filled with the Holy Ghost, but to enjoy the, the full benefits of the land of the Holy Ghost. We must be able to enjoy those benefits because they are there. If we are not enjoying them, then there is something wrong. We must enjoy the land of the Holy Ghost. This church must be, our churches must be Holy Ghost churches. Where God is manifested. The Holy Ghost church is a church where the presence of God is. Not just felt in the heart. But visible manifestation of God. Where the Spirit of God ministers. He comes down to minister to your needs. That's the land of Canaan. He, 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 he touches you at the point of your need. He answers your problems. That's why the presence of God is here. Not as a silent visitor. But the physical presence of the Lord. To minister to our needs. To heal our sicknesses. 
to speak to us. To make us live a life higher than the one. Where God rules among us. Teaches us. Guides us. Warns us. Leads us. Comforts us. Makes us happy. Because you have a kingdom. That's the, the characteristics of that kingdom. Anything less than that. It means we are not in the land. Because if we are not having those benefits now. Surely when will we have those benefits? So as teachers of the one, we come back to our churches and say, have we achieved what God intended for us? If we are not achieving, we must find out the reason why. Now, where we are going is a land. And we know there is an enemy in the land, in that land, that will not allow us to go in the land. He will do the everything possible that we may not get in that land. After being a believer for a number of years, I have found that uh, one of the hardest things to, to do is, is to get a church like this and, 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 and nurture them until they all have, have, have justified, living justified lives. Where very many of them have sanctified lives. And very many of them have received the Holy Ghost. And the church lives at the level of the Holy Ghost. It is very difficult. It is very costly. It takes a lot of it is a lot of expenses. Raising one believer to a level, that level, it is very expensive. And yet we got to be there. Because in that land, where we want to go to, it is expensive. It is an expensive land. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's like land here. If you went to Nairobi, in the city center there, and uh, tried to buy an acre, it, it is beyond one billion. Kenyan Kenya. That will be a uh, uh, 35 billion <laughs> But if you move in the rural, it is only a few thousands. So where we are going is a prime land. Yeah. 
We, we want to put up our place, a prime land plot there. Very expensive. That's where we are going. Why is it very expensive? It's a, plant of, a place of a lot of benefits. Of course, when you head up, if you have a plot in the city of Kampala, it must be very expensive. Why do they make it expensive? Because it gives a lot of benefits. If you have rent here, it will be very high. So now the land where we are going to, it is very expensive because it has very high benefits. One of the benefits, it is a... Uh, 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 then, uh, healing is free. <laughs> and no matter which disease If you are in that plot, healing is free. Communication with the headquarters is free. So you do anything to own a plot there. If you are wise. But we have one advantage. The plots are paid for already. Now, why own some plots somewhere in the bush when you can own a plot? Right. So let us aim to have a plot there. That is good business. Praise God. But it has a cost. Yeah. Getting a church to own a plot there is not easy. One, the cost of getting it is high. Two, maintaining it there is very high. Maintaining a Holy Ghost church is very high. Are you with me? But we are called to to all that. It is our mission. We are called Jesus Christ as invited us. That's the church that God wants. Not anything less than that. So because of that, there are three obstacles. There are three giants. People have to overcome. Now, and, and we, we, the said that and, and Caleb drove away before he owned there. Where was that place? It was a place called Hebron. 
And Hebron in the land of Canaan was a prime place. Because that was in Mamre where, 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 where Sarah was buried. Where uh, uh, all those patriots were buried. That is the place where there was a resurrection. Yeah. Wow. So now when you have a land in Hebron, you are assured of the resurrection. That's why Joseph, when he was in, in Egypt, he said, get me a plot. <laughs> yeah, and he was buried there. Why? Because there is going to be a resurrection. We must have our plots there. We must be buried there. For they that die in Jesus Christ, they are assured of resurrection. We must die there. But remember, there are three giants. Yeah, they must be overcome. It's not easy. You know, they are the sons of Anak. And the Anak was the son of Arba. And Arba is the one who initially owned Hebron. The land of Judah. Where Jesus was crucified. That is Hebron. That's where we are going to. That's the land of the Holy Ghost. That is our promise. We got to do it. To own but it's not easy. We have to be prepared. Church, we have got to be prepared. Maybe we can talk about those three giants later. Because we have to have a church that can drive those giants Because you cannot own the land unless you drive out the giants. And that's the reason why they are giants. Because that land is rich. Whoever lives there becomes a giant. And you want to live there. Because that's the land that God promised for us. Now, when we had that land, when to get into that land, for the church that will be able to acquire there, they need one currency, one type of currency. You know, good money. And that currency is called faith. Yeah. So it must be people who are prepared to have the correct currency. To have the correct faith. To be able to acquire the land. Are you with me? Praise be to God. Now I want to compare. Two people in the Bible. 
in a way that I print sometimes called a post-mortem report. Mungeli orusi jempita reporta ya post-mortem. You know, post-mortem report is about the life of people, how they died. Post-mortem report yo ekwata kungeli omuntu je ya fude muche cha muse. And I want to look at a man called King Saul. King Saul and what God had given him and what he had and why he failed to drive out the giants. Oh, praise to God. As compared to another man called King David. King David did it. And King Saul didn't. Why did one succeed another one did Praise to God. Yeah, King Saul. When you look at King Saul, King Saul was a man that was called by God. He was called. Oh, praise to God. Now we can look at that in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse, chapter 9, verse 15. Samuel. Because King Saul was called. Kubanga kabaka Saulo ya itibwa. Verse 15. Esura ya kumina. Olinyilu wa muende. Esura ya muenda. Olinyilu wa kumina tano. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. A day before Saul came saying. Tomorrow about this time. I will send thee a man. Out of the land of Benjamin. And thou shall anoint him to be a captain over my people. Israel that he may save my people out of the land of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people because of their cry is come unto me. Ntia omokama yari abikulide samwiri ngechasika deyo orunakulumu sauro okuja. Nga yogeranti, encha ngamu chisera chino, naweleza jori omusajja avamu nsia benyamini, era orimufuka ko amafuta, okubomu kuru wabantu bange israeli. Era yalirokola abantu bange mukono kwaba filisuti kubanga ntunulide abantu bange kubango kukaba kwawe kutuse jendi So one of the credentials that King Saul had kakati echimu kubintu ebyabiyogera kukabaka Saulo that made him qualified echamuletu kubera anti yali asanide to do what he was supposed to do okole chali ateke dokola one he was called of God yali musajja nga yaitibwa katonda Praise be to God. God was behind him. God supported him. Because he is the one who called him. Praise be to God. Now as we are looking at King Saul. Look at yourself and a believer. You can definitely say. Me, God called me. I know God called me. That's the reason why you are here. It is for nothing that you are here because God has called If God called you, He intended for you to own a plot there. And God is well able. More than able. 
to take you and give you a plot. Why? That's the reason he called you. God is well able. So a, a person that has been called by God should be in position to receive the Holy Ghost. And when he has received the Holy Ghost, enjoy all the benefits of the Holy Ghost. What we call Pentecostal blessings. A person who has been called by God is qualified to receive the Holy Ghost and all that appertains to the Holy Ghost. Because the one who called you is more than able to give you everything. So Moses, uh, this man was like that. Oh, praise be to God. Because of that, uh, uh, King Saul was the one who was best qualified to fight Goliath. He's the one God called to defeat Goliath. The greatest enemy of, of Israel was Goliath. And God called uh, uh, Saul for that purpose. God doesn't make mistakes. God knew that if Saul obeyed, he would defeat Goliath. The prophet said the same thing. Yeah, he was the one who was qualified. So now, King Saul, if you, are, if you, if you read most of uh, chapter 10, so King Saul was given three things from God. He had the correct message from the messenger of the hour. Samuel was the best prophet of that age. He had the message. Just like you have had the message. There was no doubt about the prophet. Anybody in the land knew what Samuel spoke is what God had spoken. And that very Samuel is the one who spoke to Saul. And not only that, Samuel vindicated the word of the Lord to Saul. The word of the Lord was vindicated. Was proved. That it was not the idea of a man. That it came from God. God when he speaks to you. He has to vindicate that word supernaturally. Why? So that you may have faith. Now, if you go back, if you go and read chapter 10 from verse 1, or 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 10 verse 1, 
Then Samuel chapter 10 verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be the captain over his people? Because when you are reading like that, put in mind what the message is talking about you. Yeah, the same message spoken to Saul is spoken to a group of people. That have been called from denomination. That now that, that it is you. You are the bride. And not only that, he actually poured oil on them. An anointing. So we as believers also. In the same pattern, have an anointing. There is anointing on the message. Now, wait a moment. Supposing, supposing uh, uh, Saul met Samuel Samuel somewhere. And told him. Saul, God has given you to be a king. Put some oil on it and say, now you are the king. And went away. Saul could have said, but how do I know? I mean, yeah, I know you are the prophet. Maybe you have made a mistake. How do I know? God had to vindicate. Samuel had to give him a sign that Saul may know that no, it is not Samuel. It is Saul. God. So, Saul. Uh, uh, Samuel explains some experiences that Saul was to go through to prove the word, to vindicate the word. Because verse 2 it says, Now, when you have departed from me today, You'll meet two men at the Rachel Sepulchre. At the border of Benjamin. Then he, he continued to describe three instances. He meets the people who talk about solving his personal problem. Talking about divine healing. Talking about God meeting your personal problem. You will meet somebody who will solve your problem. Then you will meet another man, uh, 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 one who will have a kid or a, a, a small lamb. A blow of bread and so on. Something like that. Then finally you will meet the prophets. And when you are with them, you will prophesy with them. You continue to say that and all these things come to happen to 
King Saul. Samuel told him, when these things come to happen to you, now you are assured, just do what you are supposed to do. And uh, because God is with you, I have spoken to you. When these things have been vindicated, that is proof that God is with you. Now go ahead. Now that's happened. What happened to a believer? God vindicates himself to you. By an experience. God has to do it by an experience. Because if he doesn't do it as an experience, it remains intellectual. And if the message of God is intellectual, the devil can argue against it. God, the devil can come in your mind and say, question it. But when it is an experience, it has to be an experience. Because God is known by an experience. You have to put your faith in the word of God when it comes in a form of experience. If, 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 Moses, if, if Samuel had told you are the king, how did he know? <laughs> how does he know that he is the king? Well, if he goes to tell people you know, I am the king. They say, but how do we know? You are the same Samuel. Samuel. He must have a witness. He must have a testimony. God does not just speak to you like that. He also gives you a testimony. Because how do you know? Oh, praise be to God. Because God is known by an experience. You know, this statement has, has really uh, disturbed brethren for a long time. That the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. And uh, so people have heard that no. He doesn't have to have a sensation. And some people have taken that, no, you must experience. It. And it is a, to, a lot of confusion. But there's no confusion about it. Because God is a spirit. And God, God being a spirit, you cannot see it. You cannot feel it. You cannot test it. It can pass through and you wouldn't feel it. Because you cannot feel a spirit. Because you cannot feel, you cannot see a spirit. Because you cannot test a spirit. I mean, when Jesus was in the theophany, and he would come in the house, he wouldn't see 
You wouldn't test him. You wouldn't touch him. You wouldn't feel him. Because he is in the body of the spirit. But now, if God has visited you and you didn't feel it, you didn't see it, you did not, what testimony will you have that God has tested so when God comes to you, He leaves you an experience that you may have a testimony and say, I know. Yeah. When God visits you, He leaves He He comes to you in an experience that you may have fellowship. How would you say God is within me? And you have no testimony about it. You have no evidence about yeah. it. And we people are supposed to have witnesses. I'm supposed to witness to it. If God is with me, I'm supposed to witness to it. I can give you the witness. I know that it happened like that. So God can fill you with the Holy Spirit without sensation, yes. But He leaves you a witness. Something that you saw, you know that it happened. And if you can say it happened, then there is something you felt, then there is something you saw, then there is something that touched you. That's, the reason, that's what God did in the Garden of Eden. You know, God is a spirit. Now, supposing He has come in the Garden of Eden, somewhere in the afternoon, and Adam didn't see Him, He didn't feel Him, He didn't test Him, He just assumed. I know right now God is a spirit. So I think God is here. So let us fellowship. No. So when God came in the garden of Eden, he put himself in our body. And he would come in the garden walking. So that they say, we heard the voice of God coming. For the purpose of fellowship. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He comes to you in a form of fellowship. That he leaves you a witness. Why does he leave you a witness? For you to have faith. For you to have something to hold on. Like we were preaching last Saturday. Oh, praise be to God. Yeah, I told you people that I'm a slow preacher. So, if you go to sleep, it's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I, that's how I drive my points. I want to draw a picture. I want to see a Oh, praise be to God. So, you can imagine God coming to, 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 to Moses. Moses. And Moses was an educated man. And God speaks to him in the mind. Moses. Moses. And he says, 
I'm having some good thoughts here. I wonder whether they are my thoughts. I think God is the one who speaks to me. Yeah, I have heard the cry of my people. I want you to go. Suppose it just happened in a Because God speaks to you in the mind. And you say, yeah, yeah, I agree, God. Let me go. Supposing that was a call of Moses. And he goes to Egypt. In that thing that remains intellectual. And he takes his sticks and drops them. And Janus and Jambres do the same. Moses could have questioned himself and said, Did I actually hear well? Was God speaking to me or God my God? God does not like, want that kind of testimony. God appeared to Moses physically. Moses saw the fire. Moses had the voice. He had the terror of it. He shook. He came from there. Something had happened to He could say, I was there. God spoke to me. No devil could argue with him. That is why God appeared to him like that. That's the way of receiving the Holy Ghost. You know. God spoke to me. God was with me. No demons in hell can argue with me. Because I was there. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, that is really Pentecost. You leave it intellectual. It will be twisted around. But when it is an experience, it's not just a thought. It is an experience. It is not something that can be reasoned. These are not thoughts in your mind. It is an experience. And Brother Branham says, that is a place that the devil cannot catch. Because the ground where the devil comes against you is a ground of reasoning. Reasoning in your mind. But you cannot reason with an experience. You cannot have had an experience. And someone comes and reason with you. Until he convinces you it did not, that it did not happen. You can imagine you are in experience. Well, maybe it was an accident. And a professor comes to, uh, to, to act with you. No, it was only your imagination. You wouldn't know whether to laugh at him or to do you, you would ask him. You. 
Were you there when it happened? No. Shut up! Sirika. I was there! Devil! Sitan. Were you there when it happened? No. Shut up! I was the one who was there! So when God visits you, He gives you an experience. You can hold it there. Oh, I love it. That's how He called Paul. He called Paul. Not just some thinking kind of things. No. He saw a pillow fire down. It blinded his eyes. From the time it happened to the time he came to himself, he had passed through an experience. And Paul was a learned man. I know sometimes he could take people and argue with them. Some of those philosophers he could argue with them. But, but, but sometimes philosophers will all come together. Prosecutors will all come together and confront him until he's not able to argue anymore. Until they push him towards the world. But when he's going back towards the world, there's a place he would stop and say, Man, I was one day on the road to Damascus, and something happened. There was a light from heaven. It came down. I heard a voice. And, and the voice told me this. And I was not disobedient. Oh, hallelujah. And notice. Whenever he said like that, nobody ever raised an argument. You can't. No demons in hell can argue against Because you have had an experience. Yeah, the devil cannot touch that. You know what you're talking about. Oh, praise God. Remember. For us to be able to chase those giants. Sister, you had better know what you are talking about. Brother, you had better know what Brother, you are talking about. It must not be a hearsay, no. Oh, I had. Oh, brother, Peter, good sermon. A good sermon is not good enough. In those crucial hours, I put someone once you. You must have been there. Yeah. And time has come for men and women who are there. Who are at the burning bush? Who stood on those sacred crowns? Alone with God. They are the ones who do that. Yes. Oh, praise be to God. 
That's what we need today. The man who was there. People who are there. Oh, praise to God. Because why? Why? You are soon going to meet a challenger. <laughs> Israel looked at Saul. He was a man. Head and shoulders above everybody. It means the second tallest man in Israel. His head was around here. Man, man. A man who is strong. Now, Israel thought, my. Now, here we have a brother. Now, we are going to war. This is a guy who will fight for us. Think about brothers. Think about message believers. Uh, mm. Now I have enough quotes. They know it very well. Uh, mm. Then the, the devil looks at the King Saul. Saulo. He looks at King Saul. And goes to produce a challenger. Why Saul is this? Saulo the challenger is that. So he came and said that, okay. Bring your champion. Yeah. Brethren. That is where we are now. That is where we are now. Come back, come back to King Saul. King Saul had three or four credentials. One, he was called of God. That's one that part of the qualification. He was called of God. Amen. Amen. The message. He received the correct message. Two, he received the anointing. Amen. Amen. And brethren, this message has got an anointing. The moment you have the message, there is something about you that is strange. Oh, praise be to God. He had the anointing. He had been given an office. He was the king. Responsible for that job. By God. He was, he was commissioned by God. In an office. To do that job. Given an anointing. Think about the brethren. Think about us believers. We have the office. Office to the church of the living God. We are the one commissioned. We are now called to meet the challenge. Us. Not outside there. Oh, praise be to God. And we have the anointing. 
three, we have actually the commission. What is the commission, brethren? The commission. Oh, praise be to God. Let me just look at this. Uh, I don't know. Do you have? Do you are able to manifest this? The message up there. Does it work? Uh, those ones, if they can. I want to read uh, the year is 63 stroke 0410. Is it, is it able to there? That is the seal of God from verse 39. Yeah. Does it manifest? Does it work here or does it not? The seal of God, that is 65-04-10 seal from us that night. Does it show? It does. Oh, it does. They are looking for it. Is it sure? Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit slow in mine. Oh. I wanted to 65. Uh, that is all what? All four, ten. Is the seal, I think. All four, ten. I'm not very good at quoting very much, but I want to confirm things. I just want to confirm something. So that we know what we are talking about. <coughs> yeah, let me read it here. Jesus said, Go therefore and teach all nations and prove to them by demonstrating the power of God to them. To them, to, to them who promise and say they believe, He gave us a definite understanding of that. Brethren, there is something we cannot escape. We cannot be Pentecostals devoid of the supernatural. No matter how wide you twist it, it just won't work. God be, must be manifested here. There's no way you can ever see it. That. There's no other way you can see it. Praise be to God. Because he says, them who promise and say they believe. Like if I say I believe. God gave us a definite understanding of that. Which means. If I believe. This is how it should be understood. The understanding is. is, is the understanding is. Is 
For signs will follow them that believe. We cannot have a church without signs and they believe. That's what the message is saying. Amen. Yeah. We just must be honest with ourselves. Oh, praise be to God. Uh, it would be the proof of their testimony. If you say you must prove it. Now we can say we believe. But until we have the proven sign that he said would be upon us, then we are just confessing to be believers and not possession of believers. Now, let that thing hit me in the face square. Let me not touch it. And when I'm not dating it, let me find out why it is not so. <laughs> Without giving myself an excuse. Because that one is important. Because that's where the challenge comes. That's where the challenge of uh, that place comes from. Because the same Mark 16 says, I may that believe it's good to, to, to read the scriptures that we may know where we are going, brethren. Mark 16. From verse 15. Then he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. Believers will cast out demons. Put it bluntly. It's a proof that you are a believer. Oh yes. Mm. Uh, they shall, if they, they, and they shall speak with new tongues. You know, there are people somewhere who say, ah, speaking in tongues is Pentecostalism. And we are not living in a Pentecostal age. So we don't speak in tongues. Because when the perfect has come, the temporary is given away. Fine. Then this scripture becomes obsolete. If that be the case, then this scripture is removed from the Bible. It is no longer. 
It can be said like it was said, like the denominations say. Days of miracles are passed. Of course, they were breaking the scriptures. But now we can also say if you go along that direction, the days of speaking tongues are over. If they are over, then the scripture, this one does not apply to you. If speaking tongues does not apply, then casting out demons does not apply. If casting out demons doesn't apply, then laying your hands on the sick to recover doesn't apply. Then you can see where you are going. No. People People misquote the scripture. We are talking about this. A church raised to a point where they are able to fulfill the commission. The church in the prime plot are able to fulfill the commission. We want to get the church to, uh, to, to, to acquire that plot. Where they are able to fulfill the commission. In that plot, demons are cast out. In that plot, people speak with the tongues. In that plot, they can lay their hands on the sick and recover. That is where we want to go to. But notice, there are three giants there. You have to put them down first before you acquire that plot. May God help us. Now that's what King Saul had. King Saul was given a commission. What was the commission? to fight the enemies of Israel. In the olden times, the king, when it comes to the battle, it was the king who was always on the forefront. So when it comes to meeting Goliath, it was supposed to be Saul on the the forefront. That was his commission. That was the job he was supposed to do. If he's not doing that job, then God has no use for him. Saul, what is your use when you are not doing what God called you? Are you with me? Those who are with me carry your hand. Ah, praise God. <laughs> Why did God reject Saul? Because he didn't do what he was commissioned. If you are not fulfilling the commission, then what is your job? Get out of the way. Let me get somebody who can do the Oh, praise be to God. Now, so now, look at this man, Saul. He called, was called of God. 
He received the same correct message. He was anointed. He was given the office. He was given a commission. Not by a man. Not by his denomination. By God. If there was a man who was qualified. To defeat the devil. To defeat the enemies of Israel. That was King Saul. Because that's what he was called for. You see, that's where we come in. And us, as believers, we were called. Amen. We were called from denominations. We were called from our traditions. We were called from our tribes. For a purpose. Yeah. That's the reason why I was called. That's the reason why you were called. To fulfill a purpose. And the purpose of God. Is to fulfill his commission. If we are not fulfilling his commission, then what are, what are we doing? No wonder. Go to, go to jails. He will go to jail. Prison. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's how terrifying it is. If you are not doing what you are supposed to do, then God will for somebody else to do it. I was, I was reading from about, uh, I was hearing already about, uh, 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 about Christians in India. They are facing a lot of persecution. Even in Iran. But something very interesting, even the Catholics in India, even Catholics are praying for the sick and they recover. So long as you are a Christian, I don't care which denomination you are, God is manifesting his signs and wonders among them. People that are down there in low caste there, what they have no hope at all. God is moving among them. Things that we think that they are very difficult. They just come on. Praying for the sick and they recover just something come on. I mean, it is something that is just there. If it is Christian, then it just happens. All somebody has to do is is to do look for a Christian and they pray for you and then you recover. It is not at all order. They, when they are Christians, 
God shows them visions. God speaks to them. God heals their sick. It is not something very complicated, very fast. And they don't know much of the word. Why? There are people who are supposed to be doing that. And for a reason, they are not doing it. Yeah, and they must be told. So, we as believers, we have been called from denomination to fulfill a purpose. To go into the land, the land of Canaan and own it and have the blessings there. The blessings of Calvary. When the world is dying, the only people that can that have the answer is us. In Kenya has one big terror that terrifies everybody there. People are dying of cancer from the highest, from the richest. Everybody is just terrified. So, this is a, a giant called cancer that walks in the land of Kenya and plucks the one he wants to pluck. And all our champions in Kenya that have money, they are terrified. That have education, they are terrified. That have a lot of Bible knowledge, when it comes and, and, and storms there, people are dead. Yeah. Mm. But notice, defeating that giant was a part of our commission. Yeah. That is a part of our commission. That is our job. Hey, that's why we are here. Now, we have all the hospitals and things. That's the reason why in Kenya, some of our prominent, some of us who are very prominent, we have gone to business. To do business. And our business is to sell Chinese herbs. And there's nothing wrong with it. No. Uh -uh. If you are doing that one, there's nothing wrong. Sometimes when I'm sick, I'm sick, I take those Nothing wrong. But on the overall, Picture. Picture. People have reached a place where they have no other hope. Their only hope is maybe in these hubs there may be a relief somewhere. Now, there is no problem with that. 
If we are in that business, it is okay. You can get money. And those things sometimes relieve. Sometimes they solve problems. But the, main, the mindset of many a believer, mindset, has, it is to a point where we no longer have any hope that if somebody comes up with advanced cancer, we put our knees in the church and pray. That, that mindset is out. That hope is not there. But it was supposed to be part of our commission. Uh, and, and by the way, yeah, that is one of the giants. Because in the land of Canaan, in the land of the Holy Ghost, is a land where the commission is fulfilled. And part of the commission is to conquer cancer. That's part of the commission. Where are we going to hide, brethren? We must come back to the drawing board. Yeah. So, all the qualifications that Moses, uh, 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 King Saul had, they had the commission. They had the office. He had the he had the promise. He had the prophet, the messenger. He had the anointing. And all four we have. Our, 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 our challenge is to fulfill the commission. And one of the giants that must be driven out is this fellow that is casting a terror to everybody. Hospitals have no answer. Politicians have no answer. Oh, churches have no answer. Education and science have no answer. Nothing has an Nobody can challenge it. Now the one is coming, he calls you Corona. It is only the believer that is part of our commission. Why is it our commission? Because when the Jesus gave the disciples the commission, the 70 they went out and demonstrated the power until the government was shaken. Until King Herod heard about it. And said, Who are these people? Where have you I beheaded John the Baptist. The country was shaken. Politicians were shaken. When they are fulfilling the commission. Yeah. 
And the kingdoms of hell was shaken. When they brought the report to Jesus. Jesus said. Yeah, and I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When men and women are, are confirming the commission, you have a commission. When you fulfill it, this world will be shaken. Because Jesus must be proclaimed to be risen from the dead. He is risen. The world must hear about it through the commission. Nobody else would do it. No, look right. Look right. It is you. So don't look left. And right and look. It is you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We have the anointing. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. We have the anointing. Amafuta to Galina. Oh, praise be to God. Come out and That's what God confirmed to Saul. Brethren, Uganda. And all that Saul Samuel said to Saul. All that Samuel talked to Saul. Remained intellectually. I want you to notice that. What, 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 what is Saul had from Samuel? Saul Remained intellectually. Actually, King Saul did know God. Did not know God. He had never met God. He had the message. He had the truth. But he had never met God. That, just there. <laughs> he had the right message. Yeah. He believed the correct thing. But, but that thing that he believed and had correct was still in his mind to a point where it could be challenged. Yeah. So he was supposed to go farther. Where he was was good. But go farther. You know, we know God in bits. The bit that you have known God is good. But go farther. That's the reason why Jesus knew that he, if he reveals himself to a, a king, a, a, to a Paul, intellectually, it's fine. But with that kind of faith that he has, he will not be able to withstand the enemy. 
So God took him further to ground his faith. When, 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 when the enemy has besieged him, Paul is alone. Demons are everywhere. Brethren cannot assist him. Physically he is sick. He is facing death. He has no help. Now, it was not the time to go and quote about baptism. About no. We, we only believe in one God. All those things were fine. But it had gone beyond that. Paul was now fighting for his life. So he had to go back to a solid ground somewhere. That's when he said, brethren, I was one of you. I was also a Pharisee. I believe the way you do. But even you know, I persecuted the church. This is not my idea. I even had the purpose from the high priest to go and arrest these people this way. And either, actually, I started the journey. But when in the middle of the day something happened it wasn't me it is not my education but God spoke to me God spoke to me and brethren I am where you are I am because it is God who spoke not in darkness not in some mental picture but if he physically came down I am a witness who could argue against that people say that Paul you almost, almost make me be a Christian. Because you are talking about this, you know. You know what you are talking about. You have a witness of what you are talking about. And Brother Branham says, You cannot call yourself a Christian. A preacher or anybody. Until one day, alone, you are like Moses. You have walked at the backside of the desert on those sacred sands and met God. Spoke to him. He spoke back to you. When you go back, you know what you are talking about. Yeah. You cannot mess, meet all the messes of giants. You cannot do like Caleb. Meet the giants. Because you know what you are talking yeah. about. Unless Christians come to that point. 
There are still giants on the way. You cannot face the giants. Unless you know what you are talking about. We must know what we are talking about. Oh, praise be to God. Now let us follow King Saul a little bit. Look at Saul. He actually made a step. Yeah. The way we have made the steps. By the way, do you know that actually the Holy Ghost came on him? Do you know that he actually prophesied? The Holy Ghost came on him. He prophesied. He proved it was proved that what he had 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 come from God. Amen. Are you prepared? But he had not met God. How do I know? Because he did not have the confidence. Let me give you a parallel that you may see. Peter, Peter had been with Jesus Christ. He, he, knew, he knew this is the Messiah. It was even revealed. When he said, Thou art Christ the Son of the living God. But my friend, all of that was still meant. How do I know? When it came to confronting the giant, and Peter was said, Peter, you know this man. Proof. It is a proof that he had never met God. Was the word revealed to him? Yeah. Was he convinced that, that Jesus was Christ? But yeah. had he met God? Another example is this. Kiliopa and friend. They actually walked with Jesus. And Jesus told them as a pastor, as a teacher. From the scriptures. And while they were learning the scriptures. Their hearts were burning. But as their hearts were burning. They they were still going to Emmaus. As they were learning the message. They were still going to Emmaus. As the message was revealed to them, they no, were still going to Emmaus. Until they reached, they God did something. They did say in Emmaus, they go back to Jerusalem. With all the teaching they had, they no, were still going to Emmaus. Until something happened. They could not stay in Emmaus any longer. Correct teaching. 
inspired that's burning them still going to a mouth until something happened until they had an experience then the words that they were talking about now made a nuisance they, they made a sense that was real supposing when they were approaching a mouse and they were thinking that yeah this thing is suppose the devil came and said do you think it's reason? And where, where is he? Because, uh, wait a moment. Uh, the, the, the teacher taught us according to him we thought he was reason. But now when they were in the house and God opened the curtain of time they could not remain there. Suppose you met them that time. And said, is he risen? He is risen. How do you know? I saw him. I was with him. I was there. That experience. <laughs> Learning about Christ and meeting him. Yes, brethren. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy about that. You see, now, when they went back to Jerusalem, they were not scared of anybody. They had a testimony. In that testimony, they knew what they are talking about. They are not afraid of any challenge. But notice, the teacher that had taught them was no other than Christ himself. But it was still meant. Brethren, we have to go further. To meet the challenge of this day, we have to go further. Before before my time is over, I want you to look at uh, King Saul again. King Saul went through all the emotions of the Holy Ghost. All the feelings all the excitement until people said has the son of Kish also been among the prophets he's also among the prophets because he prophesied the whole thing amen amen Moses, I mean, King Saul prophesied the whole day. And everybody saw him. And he was convinced that was God. Question is this. Question. Had he made God? No. How do I know? He could not believe when he's meeting Goliath. He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. No matter all 
those that he had gone through, he had not met God. God had prepared him at Gilgal and said that Saul, go to Gilgal and wait. Go to Gilgal and wait. That's a problem with us. You reach a place and you get some excitement. No, 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 no. You have not arrived yet. Go to Gilgal and wait. Until it's not just a feeling. Wait. Look at this. The Bible does not explain about uh, David all through. Because God wanted us to understand by exposing what Saul was. Because after all, when you go postmortem, you go postmortem with somebody who was wrong, where something was wrong. We cannot go postmortem of David because there's nothing wrong with David. But we must tell Saul because it teaches, it teaches something about his problem. So God exposes Saul and does not talk about David but uh, what is Saul going through must be what Saul David went through. But now at the end at the end David went to Gilgal and waited. David went to Gilgal and waited. Uh, without doubt, when Saul had uh, poured water uh, oil on him, and talked to him, David must have gone through emotions in singing and feeling good and the Holy Ghost. Fine. But he had not met God. He was to go to Gilgal and And he went to Gilgal. His Gilgal was in the bush. He went in the the bush and to see God. And when God came down, it could not be described as a feeling. It could not be described as an emotion. It was more than a feeling. It is more than an emotion. The demonstration of the power of the resurrected Christ. When David saw God come down and conquer the power of a lion. No, it is not about feeling. Feeling is good. But go beyond it. It is when God comes down. In the power. And demonstrates to you. You go away with the testimony. That's right.
You can now stand before Goliath. But the, the, but the, but the, the secret is God to Gilgal. Yeah. Go to Gilgal. Wait. Until it has happened. Have you received the message? Yeah. Do you have the anointing? Yeah. Did the Holy Ghost come on you? Yeah. Do you feel good? Yeah. It is still the Holy Ghost. But don't stop there. Go to Gilgal and wait. Until God has come down in power. Until you know God in power. Then you can stand against any enemy. Until them I was there. It is not something I felt. It's not something that excited me. It is more than excitement. It is more than a feeling. It is a power of God coming down. Now you have faith. Now you have somewhere you can ground your faith. God cannot give you a ministry. Oh, praise be to God. Yeah, and, and you, if you read that one as we finish, in the book of uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 16, well, let us read the whole of it from verse 14. And when we were fallen on earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying, in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, you can imagine, somebody, uh, Paul is testifying about be, be, uh, uh, before persecutors, opposers, critics. If you say like that, what do the critics answer? They have no answer. Why? Because they were not there. And the, the, the court of this world, yeah. the court in this world, they accept I witnesses bakiriza abajulizi and ah, court, sorry sorry a court is enseno zikiriza abajulizi they accept somebody who witnessed zikiriza omuntu yaliona alaba and no matter how the, the lawyer the opposing lawyer is complicated he, can, yori, he cannot argue against what you saw muzibwa so, uh, uh, Paul is talking about what he witnessed. No argument against it. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you, thou persecutest. Now, 
But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Yeah, take those words correctly. Appear unto you for a purpose. So, Jesus appearing, that appearance was to make to fulfill a purpose. To anchor something in Paul for the work that he's going to do. He could not have he will not be able to do that work if he is not anchored. That's why God gave him an experience. You have to have that experience. You know oh, praise be to God. Without that experience, now you don't know. You wonder why God came appeared to Abraham walking on the feet. Why did he do that? Because it remains a testament. When he says, when, when Abraham says, I am going to receive a son. In a manner that it has never been. How, how can he have faith? He can have faith because he can see. One day, God came to me in a person. I cooked food he ate. I saw him. I touched him. I had him. I know what I'm talking about. That's why his faith could not be shaken. Because he had a testimony. He had a proof of what he's talking about. And God must give you a proof of what you are talking about. Brother Branham, Brother Branham. The God, said God had given him a gift of faith. What was his gift? A place he can hang on and put his faith there. No matter. Like where? <clears throat> Brother Brahma knew that if he sees a vision of something then it, that thing in, in heaven is already finished. Already and he is only announcing. He will only be announcing what has already been done. Before he sees the vision, he does not know what God has already done. But when he sees the vision, he knows this. When it comes to this thing, it is already finished. So when he was in India, and he was praying for the sick, now he could see visions. But now it came to a point where a man was blind. He didn't know what God was saying about this man. He didn't know whether he, his, his blindness was caused because of sin. Or God wanted him to remain 
blind for a purpose. So he could not say for sure. This man is going to be. Why? Because he didn't know the mind of God. He didn't know God's finished work about this issue. Then God showed him a vision. When the man is seen, then he knew the mind of God. Then he knew God's finished work about it. It, is, it was finished from before the foundation of the world. Because it was finished, no devil, no unbelief, no nothing could stand in the way. Because it is finished. So he could declare if this man does not know, I am a false prophet. If he doesn't, run me out of India because I am a false prophet. That is perfect faith. Because he was able to see God's finished work. How? But yeah. By God giving him an experience. So that it's not just a mental picture. Then he can have faith. Oh, bless you to God. And that's how Jesus used to have had the perfect faith. Jesus did nothing. Until first he saw the vision of it. Then it was finished. That's where we are supposed to be going. The Bible, the, the message says. Ah, uh, in the in the in the where the where the prophet was told, pick your pen and write. That the bride of Jesus Christ will have the mind of Christ. They will know what God wants to do. They will not just approach things haphazardly. They are so close to God until they know what God wants done. Because if you don't know what God wants done, how can you declare? You can't. That's why a man has to have that experience. God has become that real to him. And when God is real to you, then you know what you are talking about. Then you can face the giants. It is no longer an intellectual thing. It is a faith from an experience of knowing that this thing God has finished. It is a finished work. Then we can meet the giants. Because there, the giants cannot stand. Because it is a finished work. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It is a finished work of God. That is where we are going. My time is over. God bless. Stand up. Let us stand up. Oh, praise be to God. I wish our brother would come here and sing a song. Uh, um, 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 the...